Okay. Wow. We are recording. It's really funny that we're nervous. Oh, go, 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 go. I'm not nervous. You're nervous. All right. I'm a little nervous. Okay. So, hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, this is our first episode of We Don't Know. And We Don't Know <laughs> is that we don't even have a name for this conversation, actually. So, it's uh, interesting. So, uh, my name is Ashley. My name is Julia. And uh, we're the best friends that anyone could ever have. Ever, ever, ever. More than you and your best friend, I promise. For sure. (laughs) Um, And so Jules and I are incredibly close and we have profoundly deep conversations out of literally nowhere. And we're like, dude, we have to record these because this is information that could actually support and help people in their lives. So because her and I are both Pitta AF, and if you're like, what is that? Don't worry, there'll be an episode for that. We're fiery bitches and we have a lot to say and we're very opinionated, um, but we're also working both all the time every day on being more soft and gentle too. But what that means is that we are really direct and I think that we need more people that are willing to just be willing to share, to just say exactly what's going on and nothing more, nothing less. So uh, that's the intention of the future of this podcast. Yeah, and in addition to that, I think it would be great to also mention that before our friendship, I think we both weren't as aware or at least hyper aware of the potential of like female friendships and how that can overall in your life just foster and enhance what you're working on or not. Yeah. Yeah. Double tap. Triple tap. Hey, hey, hey. But for real, seriously, um, my life has completely changed from deepening my relationships, especially in the context of this relationship. So um, we just wanted to give you all an inside look on real, raw conversations that are awake, that are conscious, that are um, coming from a place of accountability. Like a lot of times when Jules and I go off like on each other on the phone, like our first modality or maybe it's our second or third after we scream a couple fucks <laughs> and shits we're like well what was my part and like help me work this out and let's reflect so um our goal is really just to create uh to contribute to our already incredible community and to continue to expand it so that um it feels like we're just all in the same room having this awesome conversation together yeah i think we have a lot of conversations in community that are shared and you know for lack of better words, there's an audience and people can chime in to some of our exchanges. But because of our relationship and because of the interactions that we have, there's a lot of, you know, behind the scenes, behind closed doors things that I think we want to showcase for. And we see a lot of value for everyone to know about. Um, I wish we could record our whole life, but <laughs> I don't think we're at a reality TV show stage yet. But um, maybe one day. One day. Hey. But I think there's just so much that happens, um, whether it's, hey, we're out getting our nails done or it's a girl's night um, or insert here, vacation, uh, you know, insert whatever happens in in your life on a daily basis that we want to share with everybody. Um, So, yeah. Aha moments. Lots of those. Ding. Ding Ding-a-ling. (laughs) Ding-a-ling. So should we talk about, should I talk about my journey with? Well, I actually just wanted to ask how your morning was. Oh. (laughs) How was yoga? Is that what's going to happen here? Yeah. Yoga was great this morning. How are your kids? Did they interrupt (laughs) you again? (laughs) (laughs) This morning, (sighs) exhale, Um, (laughs) this morning was really pleasant. Mm. surprisingly uh to my I mean to my surprise actually uh things flowed even in my house when I was doing yoga and I don't want to put a story as to why I think that is but yoga was great and my kids gave me the space to practice in the way that I um enjoy the most which is without interruption however actually I will state I was interrupted not being asked for something directly but because I practice in my living room where my kids are in tandem uh watching tv in the morning and 
I could hear some level of interaction, <laughs> um, even if I have my AirPods in. Um, and there was something going on, and I was just, I just took out one AirPod, and I was curious and inquisitive as to <laughs> what was occurring in there, um, what sounded like conflict. Um, but then I went back to business as usual. And so, yeah, yoga was great. Hey, <laughs> that's well, yeah. and that's like kind of a new way of being for you, right? Because, mm-hmm. and we talk about this a lot, of course, um, we're all constantly growing and like we're faced with triggers that are just in general in our life constantly all the time. And I think something that Jules is working on really is just like how to interact with her kids in a more gentle way. Like I said, we're, we're all Pitta. So we get that fire underneath our ass and like, you know, we create a story about what someone else is doing and how it's interfering with our process. So I will acknowledge you and say I'm very proud that you were curious instead of angry. That's a step up. Hey. Yeah. Um, in my awarenesses and just overall my daily life, I think that my biggest area of opportunity is definitely, well, there's a lot of them, but I think... <laughs> If I think about the evolution of like, if I think of like, oh, six months ago or a year ago, obviously we changed so much. And so the, even if the core of like what I work on is taming my fire, um, what that has looked like uh, is different for me because I think what, how my fire is ignited has become different because I use different tools and resources to maintain daily strategies and hopefully calm um to tackle most situations and throughout the day I'm able to implement those and um yeah I I think that what I'm working on right now is not reacting with my usual anger and that's the main thing that even within a situation like everybody in my household knows I do yoga every morning at 7 a.m um and when that isn't executed in a way that is how I want it to, uh, I get mad. And so how can I use yoga in the way that it's supposed to be instead (laughs) of getting mad that I'm doing yoga, not in the way that I want it to look like. (laughs) Yeah. So many lessons. And I want to kind of plug back into what you said too, of like using tools and resources every day. And that's this thing that we call a lot, uh, the work. Um, it's actually very similar to if you read any Byron Katie's work she calls something similar a series of questions the work we also call it the work and the work is just what's your process when you're figuring shit out like is your process to go to a space of like telling yourself stories and spiraling out negative emotion and reacting and not really being present with what's truth or is your work in that moment um taking a step back and and deciding what your part was and owning your contributions to how an issue arose and starting to actually use that information to implement awareness so that you show up differently moving forward so and that's like so nutshell I mean the work goes and spans and uh you guys that don't know us and what we do um we we do it in many forms whether it's retreats or just daily meditations or um, process with our leadership team or our mentorship groups there's there's so many different outlets that we have to do the work and um, that takes us to really what we wanted to focus on on this episode and uh, I'm wondering from you Jules like what what were you like before the work what intrigued you about it what got you into it what piqued your interest what what made you feel like what was the moment when you were like damn like this is for me and this is going to shift everything like I want to know all of it in a condensed version because I wish we could talk for 17 hours yeah Yeah. um well it's funny you mentioned that because as soon as you used the work um I always think about how we have that tattooed on us Mm -hmm. and people ask me what is the work and you're like like, well (laughs) how long you got it's a state of being that's all I gotta say um so I, I think a lot about what the work is. And in regards to my journey, um, I think that in any situation in life, uh, until you're really at an extreme and usually a negative one, um, you don't really recognize, you know, you're kind of in this uh, hamster wheel of, you know, you wake up and you do certain things and 
you don't really challenge that there could be a different way of doing what you're doing um, and of living. And so for me, uh, in 2019, I was going through a lot of challenges uh, emotionally that really ramificated into every aspect of my life. And once I realized like, oh, it's not my husband. Oh, it's not my kids. It's not my job. Uh, it's actually me. Like I, something is, is, is off. Something is, I don't want to use the word wrong, but I need to, you know, look within. And so once I realized that that's what was happening, I sought out a solution. And how that happened is, I mean, it's not like I one day woke up. I was like, you know, all this stuff sucks and what can I do differently? And, and oh, it's, it's this. Like, it didn't work like that. Um, it's more so I was, you know, I went through a, a weight loss journey after I had my kids. I was really fixated on the physical part of uh, weight loss and not so much the whole uh, wellness aspect, meaning mind, body, and soul. And so once I got to this point in life where I was, you know, brought to my knees and desperate and just depressed and taking pills and just torturing myself through fitness and so on and so forth. Um, Sounds miserable. It was. It's hard to talk. I mean, it's it's weird to talk about it because it doesn't even feel like that was me. It was a part of my life that um, I don't identify with really much anymore. So, yeah, it's it was miserable. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I also want to add, too, to that, that um, the first step actually in being able to shift your life to a higher vibration is actually taking accountability. Mm. Like when you look around and everywhere you look, the same shit's showing up and you're not like, well, what's the common denominator? Like, hello. Yeah. It has to be this like mirror reflection of like, how am I showing up? Because whatever I put out is exactly what I'm getting back. And so I applaud you for that awareness because without that awareness, you wouldn't be who you are right now. Thanks. And and I think it wasn't, I mean, I think that awareness was just like probably, you know, the hardest pill to swallow. Not recognizing that I needed help but more so that I couldn't blame anybody not even myself really but that everything that was occurring in this life that I was so not wanting to live or not the life that I imagined was my own doing like that is tough pill to swallow tough pill to swallow yeah. that's what I was thinking too <laughs> like, for sure whoa <laughs> it's a lot I don't like it yeah, I like, it's like no one wants to be accountable. No one wants to be wrong. No one wants to be like, oh, it's my fault. I'm the one that did it. Did this, but or that I'm the one that I that can solve it too, right? Because I uh, think yeah, that's a lot of responsibility. A, well, we, it's like oh man, like I'm I'm depressed. I'm you know I want to lose weight. I want this. I want that. And it's like everyone wants that quick fix too. When it's like the work and showing up and everything that we want long term, uh, starts with short term you know details and the work is that yes short-term details I couldn't agree more and it's and it's so easy to have an instant gratification mindset in the world that we live in like we want it and we want it now most people don't have a regular meditation practice even though they know scientifically emotionally mentally spiritually it would make you a better person but you're like well I don't really have time for that but like I'm just gonna scroll on social instead and like do other shit that keeps my mind busy because that's the instant hit of happy chemicals right and so the work does take long-term investment and it's you don't get to see the fruits of it right away and I think uh, that's the hardest part and that's even in our community like when we see people that are the most consistent versus people that come in and out it's like you see them from afar like struggling because you know that they're totally disconnected from themselves because if they were connected they would be showing up for themselves and obviously not just in our community but everywhere in their life like like a more fruitful life like you can tell when someone's genuinely internally content or happy with themselves or in a state where they're problem solving versus in a state where they're blaming or not taking accountability um so that's a big one and I also want to add a little disclosure now is a good time to do it that any of you that are on medication for antidepressants or dealing with conditions that um are more medical related like doctor prescribed and stuff like we're not doctors we're just speaking from our experience and our experience with working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students that have implemented the work to help them grow as an individual so this is not a substitute for you know the medical support that you might need um and that if 
antidepressants or anything that you're working with is working for you, like we by all means encourage you to do the best research for yourself always because that's, I mean, that's all we can do in any area of our life, let alone for our wellness, which is clearly the most important thing. Yeah, and speaking of which, uh, when I speak of my lowest low and what led me to the work, I was on so many medications from antidepressants to anti-anxiety medication to sleeping pills to um, ADHD medication. Um, Yeah, a lot of different things. So in my experience, in my journey, I, I too (laughs) took meds, right? So, but um, yeah, it's not this, it served a purpose though. <laughs> it served a purpose for a yeah. certain time in your life. And then yeah. when you were ready to graduate onto something else that was more enriching, you did. So let's keep hearing more about that. I want to know more. All of it. Yes. Tell um, me about all the squats I made you do at Core Power. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So um, my transition from working out is a tool to get me skinny to uh wellness is a way of being I think that's like the biggest difference that once I realize like oh I'm, I'm going every like I've been consistently working out for you know ever since I gave birth to my second daughter which was over seven years ago um so I think the biggest transition and and when I realized like oh I'm it's not mechanical it's it's more like holistic, right? Meaning it's it's every part of me that needs not just movement, but like there's other pieces that go to this um, was through yoga. And I met Ashley at Core Power and then started, you know, just following her in all the studios she was teaching at at the time. Um, and I just really connected with the style and, and the vibe of her class and um, I did love, uh, and, and in different studios, she provided different experiences as far as like the intensity of like the, the flow and stuff like that. But I was really captivated by, um, by yoga and I started having a true interest in, in that versus, you know, working out. And I saw yoga actually wasn't doing much yoga prior to that because I was like, yoga doesn't really burn calories. So like, why, <laughs> why would I waste my time? Except for core power. Tuesday <laughs> night, 7 p.m. Uh, yeah. When you lock yourself in a room that's like 100 degrees mm-hmm. and you're asked to do 5,000 jumping jacks, mm-hmm. bet you gonna sweat. Oh, yeah. Mm. More than sweat. You're gonna maybe even throw up. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. Many times. So what brought me to (laughs) Augie's snoring. (laughs) Um, So what brought me to being curious um, at this stage, because I had zero um, awareness around the work or anything besides like, oh, yoga makes me feel great. And like if you were intrigued, I was intrigued. Something was pulling you in. Yeah, I was doing more and more classes, more and more. you know, I was I was moving more and more towards yoga than just like doing my hit workouts and, and all that. Um, but re- what really got me into the work was uh, you and another instructor uh, offered a workshop. I remember through a studio that is no longer um, and it was a brief it was a workshop. It was an introduction for me into like, OK, uh this yoga thing (laughs) is more than just doing yoga and so that was my exposure to understanding like there's more to this you know state of being and wellness beyond just like the physical and once I understood and got a taste of what that looked like I was ready to sign up for a retreat and that's where really where I was introduced to the work uh, was the first retreat that I attended in Ojai in 2019. Yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. I always remember that your hair was pulled back so tight <laughs> and you were so mad. I was clenching a lot back then. Clenching. Hold on, let go. I thought I had all the control from 
hey, I arrive and I'm like, where's the agenda, lady? <laughs> I know. She's like, do we get wine? I'm like, bro, this is so not what you're looking for. Well, then I think like, you know, I'm, on a perspective of people who aren't in the work and, you know, anyone who says I want to do a yoga retreat. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know why I want to do that. Is it because I want to go on vacation? But y- retreat's not vacation. It's not. It's actually the opposite. It's... <laughs> It's the work. It's the work. It's the work. But there are yoga retreats that you can do that. You know, like I just I have a colleague that actually used to be my teacher many years ago and he does amazing retreats. But like he just posted an IG live from his retreat in like Maldives or something and everyone's on their yoga mat and he's like pouring Patron into their mouths one by one. I'm like, fucking get it, bro. And shit, if that's your vibe, that's your vibe. Like I'm all about that. Like go on vacation, do yoga, do fitness, work out, (laughs) drink, like take care of your body, do what you got to do. But what we do is not that. Right. It's like actually so not that like it's so like please get to bed by 8 p.m. because you're going to be in trouble if you don't tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing all that. And and since oh hi we've been just so incredibly close because I was introduced to a new version of me by working with Julia and I know that obviously her life has changed so much so what does it look like now for you what does the work look like post ohi and and what does it feel like even right after ohi versus like literally now after what 17 million retreats that you've done (laughs) i don't think jules has missed anything i've done since then besides the palm springs one but that was for a reason a lot of reasons yeah um wow so i think that what's different so many things I just like my view and perspective of myself and and of the world is different the way I process any given situation and emotion uh if I had to just like very high level tell you what's different it's that um I think after Ojai which was like my very first retreat my very first exposure to so many um different exercises and techniques that are utilized in your retreats and and programs that we offer now um I was just kind of like oh like this is living this is interesting because after Ojai I realized that you know I was in a dormant state in a, in a sense right I wasn't living life in a uh, value-add way uh, for, like, my being wasn't being utilized, right? Like, my essence, my my purpose was not, like, I didn't see it. I didn't know it. It wasn't, it wasn't ignited. And so I think the biggest difference from then till now is from, you know, the very first retreat I was introduced to information and now through many different programs, much dedicated personal individual time, um, a lot of introspection, self-reflection. What's changed is that the frequency of of how I implement uh, strategies and how I view my life, how I value my time, um, just everything about how I, I view the world is different. And so from then till now, I would say the number one or the couple of things that are most prominent in, in change are I, I process things differently. I try my best not to react to situations in an emotional way. So I think my biggest thing in my first retreat was like, even though I understood the concept of, you know, holding space and respecting other people's shares in my, in my mind. And I, and I embodied that I respected the space, but in my mind, I, I remember having so many, um, narratives like, you know, whatever, whether it be someone's, uh, share of their own personal story or, um, you know, learning and lecture, um, or, you know, whatever the situation was, I remember, I can vividly remember having an opinion about what was being shared and kind of like in my head being like, oh yeah, like I, I get that, but like, 
I disagree. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so. Yes. Um, and or yes. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of yeah. that. Yes. There was, but. there was a lot of yes. But so technically speaking, if I dissect that and go into that, I could say that I was literally introduced to the work and and in taking the I was open to what was being presented but I didn't accept it because obviously it was the beginning and now it's like I mean there's no other possible way to react or to live like anything that happens whether it's at the grocery store the gas station whatever anywhere in life it's like I have an internal dialogue that is way different. Bingo. Yeah. And that's actually, I think the key is we have these conversations with ourselves about what's going on and sometimes it happens in a nanosecond. And then whatever the content of that conversation is literally vomited all over the situation. Like here's how I feel about this split second and then you're like, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Versus... Oh, wow. Maybe I can look at that a little different. And it doesn't mean we're bypassing emotion. It just actually means instead we're facing and confronting it instead of acting from the wound of it. Mm -hmm. And that feels exponentially different, I'm sure. Yeah. And I want to highlight that (laughs) I don't lead a perfect life where everything that happens, I'm like... Hmm, let me pause. And, like, that's just not my nature. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm lose still, your shit once in a while. It's I'm great. still taming my fire in every moment of life. And also, uh, yeah, it's, it's not like the work makes you a perfect Zen being because we don't live in a world that caters to not dealing with conflict or with um, doubt or challenges. Um, so I think that you know, whatever the work may look like for me or for you or for anybody, it's going to be so different. Just like, you know, the journey's not linear. Um, some days are easier than others to implement the resources and techniques that I use every, literally every day. I love it. Is that enough information it's enough you're worthy enough (laughs) how much more validation do you need more validation no you're doing a great job thanks (laughs) (laughs) beautiful that's great and and over time like we're gonna get into more of those sub stories too of like what actually went down in some of those pockets and how the process works and how conflict works now and how it's different um there's there's much more for us in our newfound relationship in this world of sharing content in this way, which I'm so excited about. So having said that, my experience with the work is a little different, of course, because we're all very different. Um, and my process, like I was really lucky because growing up, I was actually talking to my dad about this today, like both my parents were uh, entrepreneurs or had their own business or their own hustle or their own way of being. So I got a lot of influence and examples of like get scrappy and make shit happen, you know? So like there was this like interesting thing programmed into me that was like there there really are no excuses to just show up and kind of like live your best life. I will say that a lot of the trauma I experienced growing up outweighed that, you know? So a lot of my behaviors, especially as a young or like, you know, in my mid-teens to my young adulthood were not necessarily a reflection of get shit done and like do the right thing. It was kind of more of a projection of my trauma. And that was fun. We all have that, right? So um, upon discovering that, it was definitely movement that did it for me. Um, I was always a dancer, a cheerleader, played softball, all that good stuff. And I remember finding yoga in such an interesting way. And, and of course, like I found it because I was like really into this super hot trainer that like <laughs> took me to a yoga class and it was like a crazy yoga class. It was like loud music. You could barely hear the teacher. Everyone's on their phones doing these crazy handstands and shit. And I'm like, this is where I'm at. Like, I love this. And then <laughs> that's my lower vibrational self talking. <laughs> and then I was like, OK, like there is something here. So I started to explore other studios and other ways of doing yoga and I just found myself too many times in pigeon pose bawling and finally feeling my feelings for the first time, not escaping them, not covering them up, not trying to be like 
the coolest person in the room that can host the most people and always bring people together and like have everyone like me. It was more like, hey, I'm actually confronting what's here for the first time. And so feeling it in my body made me feel it in my soul and my spirit and my emotions. And so the body, mind, soul thing was like already something that I that meant a lot to me um, and I couldn't have enough. So through that, there was teacher trainings. There was uh, constant development and studies. There was workshops. There was everything from there. And um, I actually ended up my, – my dad ended up uh, being in a relationship with um, a woman who – is a spiritual teacher and she does a lot of the work um, in a very different way than I necessarily do. But luckily I, I start I got the opportunity to start working with her and um, I learned so much. Like I healed so much. I did timeline therapy. We studied NLP. Um, she did just a lot of programs on state mastery and um, tools that any 21, 22 year old is like way over our heads. But I'm so lucky. Like I had this calling and I got exposed to this work early on I wish it was earlier but shit everything happens for a reason right um and yeah I mean that didn't necessarily end in the best way like it it actually had a really tragic ending um with that relationship as well as a lot of turmoil and trauma that happened in my family as a result of it um and it actually took me a really long time to realize that and this is my story right this is my version and my version keeps (laughs) evolving as I grow but at first the story was betrayal, anger, choosing someone over another person, all that, you know, that story, of course. And now the story's actually evolved to a point where I'm kind of seeing it like, damn, like my family kind of took a hit so that I could grow. And it's a different perspective shift because even if that's not the truth, it puts me in a space where I can be, have a lot of gratitude for it instead of anger, which is awesome. State shift. Um, So yeah, that happened. And then I started working at WeWork and that was like really cool professionally for me to just excel and, and grow and really develop myself. It was, I mean, I got my ass kicked for a while there, just learning how to operate in that type of environment with high stress, a lot of pressure, a lot of workload. And uh, after that transition, it was it was kind of time. It was like time to like do my own thing and, and branch out. And I was teaching yoga throughout that entire time, a lot of self-study, a lot of process, a lot of working on myself. And um, I met my partner, my fiance at that, kind of in that era and I just kind of really felt addicted to growth because the healing that it gave me, the relief it gave me from waking up feeling like I was fucked up or I was like in pain all the time or hurting all the time or like acting from a place of scarcity or not enoughness, like that was addicting to me. So I wanted to continue to process my stuff but also like do it with people like, hey, we can all heal together and this means a lot. So um, throughout that whole time I was teaching, I was – working in rehabs, prisons, um, substance abuse, mental health, working with private clients, working in studios. So I kind of like my demographic really got to span throughout a really big range of types of people that I got to have the opportunity to learn from. And then, um, you know, the pandemic hit and everything changed. Everything changed. Every like I was in we were in Thailand. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a good one. We were in Thailand on retreat. It's like February leading up to March and I'm getting calls from all of our students like, uh, so are we still going to Thailand? Like, what's the deal? What's going on? What's happening? And I was like balls to the wall. I'm like, we're going. We're going to go out with a bang if this pandemic takes us down. Like, it's going to be okay. Well, we didn't even think it was a pandemic. It's true. At the time, it was like just a lot of chatter. Mm-hmm. But then we arrived and it was the most freaking incredible experience ever and so beautiful of course as it is we had a like I had our trainer Shaq fly out and you know we just we programmed the hell out of it and it was a beautiful experience and then like midway through like everyone's in lecture and they look down at their phones and it's like flight canceled world shutting down like everything's happening and I'm like shit I don't have a job maybe I shouldn't go home I wasn't worried I don't know it's just this inner knowing that like okay you know it's it's like that okay so okay yeah like what are we working with great let's buckle up do it um but yeah so when we got home somehow we got home everything changed and (laughs) everything was so different because now that everything was shut down and and people needed mental health emotional help spiritual help more than ever and were locked inside their houses and wanted to work out like we went online and we went online quick and we did at-home retreats we did 
um, personal development kind of series processes groups. We did uh, we started this thing called the Woman Series Woman, and uh, it started with a three hour workshop, and then it was a three day online retreat, and it just kept evolving. and And our community was born. It was like really born, and and from from even before the pandemic hit. We have people that have still been around, you know, that were from various different classes around the city that I had and everyone kind of came together and just like we were all on the same page and we had an amazing year. We did uh, online retreats. We did a 200-hour teacher training that ended up having to go from in-person to on Zoom, obviously, because the risks were up and down and all over the place. And um, since then, the work has been all that I think we live and breathe. I mean, speaking for myself, for sure. Yeah. Um, and just like Joel said, it's not like you wake up and you're perfect and you have it all figured out. Like there's some major meltdowns that are still happening, but it's happening in a completely different state of consciousness. And the ripple effect, it's like when you start working on yourself and doing personal development in a way that's really in alignment with your truth, it can't not affect everyone around you. It can't not affect your partner or your dating life. It can't not affect your the way you interact with your family, with your friendships, with your job. Like a lot of us walk around with not feeling enough and then we walk into our job and we're like overproducing and like working extra hours and then resentful and angry because we're not getting paid for it. And then we show up in our friend group and we feel like other people have better opportunities than us and then we're envious and jealous and then we're just like living life with this bitter taste in our mouth. And the idea is that personal growth being at the forefront of your mind gives you the accountability to no longer be in those vibrations and to investigate instead of draw conclusions based on an illusion and so I think that really sums up the process of this but it's like if I asked you what you learned in history in third grade I mean I know some people would be like well I know I like what no there's no way I would be able to recollect or or even offer that information because I learned it once in third grade yeah. And a lot of the information we learned in school is not near as important as emotional intelligence and understanding how to communicate well and being empathetic and compassionate and all these other skills that we learn. These are like the skills we learn in the work. Um, a lot of that stuff is not really applicable or useful. So it's not like we learn it over and over again. So point being is when you come into a space of the work, it's like you could do, you know, some processes with yourself and, and start to dive into this stuff. But you still kind of have to still show up for it. You know, you still have to learn it again because you don't get a lesson and then all of a sudden it's implemented and it's like magic. It's like what we say a lot here is you don't just choose it one time. You have to choose it every day. You have to wake up every day and say, I'm going to choose my way of being because I'm in control and I'm the one that's empowered to do that. While there might be obstacles, new obstacles, different days, old obstacles, different days, that come up and stand between you and the work, you still ultimately have a choice. And sometimes that choice is surrendering that it's just going to be a difficult day or a difficult moment. But whatever story we decide to share is what ends up being true. So to that tune, what are we telling ourselves and how is it affecting our world? I think it's super interesting that you know, I'll just use retreat for as an example. Like the things that happen in that space are so powerful and um, every single retreat, whether, you know, it, it's been the online retreat or uh, in person, just, you know, you feel emotionally so fulfilled and just like there's all this, information and like you're in this container and it's like you're not thrown out into the real world and having to implement these this new you or these new strategies right until you leave that container in that <sighs> space that's always the hard part and it's like going on vacation being on cloud nine laughing with your friends all day every day having the best time of your life and you go back to work on monday and you're like duh fuck yeah totally but i think what what i wanted to mention with that is since the work is an everyday job, I'm always really surprised by, and I think we've had so many conversations around like, wow, some of these people in the community have had such impactful experiences and where are they now kind of thing. And my point was going to your, your statement of the work is an everyday job. 
it's hard to own that. And I think it's hard to implement that. And I think that that is probably the biggest difference that makes the difference because it's like, I think that even I'm guilty of saying after like one or two retreats, I'm like, oh, it's the same, but it's never the same because even if some of the uh, content may be repeated because there's people in the room who've never been there or have never been exposed to some of that information and, you know, there's some baseline information that everyone needs to have, um, none of the retreats are ever the same. And so the surprising piece to me being as like this is what I live and breathe and believe in and I'm so invested in this as being my life. Um, I just don't know how people don't make the work part of their life once they've been in such impactful um, environments where individually or collectively we've all experienced something so powerful that you've never experienced before in your life hands down for sure like I think like I'm getting chills as I'm talking about this (laughs) because it's like it's so human it's so human you know you know and what you said too is just acknowledging that it's like really hard to make that choice like how hard it really is how hard it really is to stay awake Mm -hmm. that's what at the end of the day like that's what it is because culture is working against you Mm. yeah when you wake up and you get yourself ready, you already have emails in your inbox of demands from you and that automatically triggers oftentimes, not always, a stress response in most people. And then they get sometimes in their cars to drive. I mean, right now, who knows who's driving where and what the situation is. But Traffic to get here was pretty lit, so oh, people well, are driving. People be driving. Okay, so, <laughs> you know, that stress response. And then we're constantly trying to, you know, compete for our worthiness and make time for everything and fit it all in our calendar and all of that stuff. And it's like, We all have 24 hours in one day and if you want your quality of life to be better, you have to invest in the things that matter. But if you're living life on autopilot and not having intentional investment anywhere, you're just going to fall to your level of what that autopilot is. It's like lack of consciousness. And that's a really, it's a sad way to be and, and there are so many days that I do that still now. But like recognizing it, snapping back, actually we talked about this, um, I think a little in my crazy delirious awake class that we just (laughs) had this last weekend um, is that it's not so much about the pressure or what comes after you or what you're tackling. It's more about the bounce back. Like how quickly can you release, let go and show up again? Yeah, I think it was um, in Adam Grant's book, Atomic Habits, that he mentions that he'll never miss a workout two days in a row. Like, right? So it's about, it's not about, being perfect or having a perfect routine every single day and because that's when you also start having negative self-talk because you're not meeting the expectations you set for yourself but it's about recognizing like I have the choice to make a different choice tomorrow or in this next moment of whether it's a reaction to a not great feeling that's coming up or it's um, sticking to a life and habits that serve you and that will elevate your life from, you know, eating healthy because we got one body and that's mm. it, um, to having a movement practice that, um, you know, is helping you move energy and or, you know, also does a lot of other things for you, right? So I think it's like that um, – you know, you mentioned like there are some days, even my, myself, I find myself some days are easier than others. Some moments of the day are easier than others. And it's like, it's just about going back to knowing I'm resourced to make a different choice. And and I think it really comes down to that. And how we got to this point of the conversation <laughs> was talking about like, yeah, just being amazed by people who have experienced something so impactful and and then continue to choose differently like to me that's just such an enigma um but isn't that like all of life you know like like people that might be or are like our human friends like (laughs) that we love because we're all made of the same fabric that will show up in the same relationship over and over and over even though they know that they deserve better or deserve different it's like their lack of boundaries in that relationship but it's obvious because you can see it because it's external but Mm -hmm. what's going on with them internal reflects in like 
the way that they show up, you know, like that's an internal process. But a lot of times if it's, unless it's evident and clear, it's hard for us to really pinpoint what we're doing. And, and not to mention our self-perspective is so jaded because we can't always see all of our blind spots. So to the tune of the first part of this conversation, like relationships are important. Relationships of people that see you, that know who you are, that see your light and can like help you autocorrect that shit when you're out of line in a loving way that doesn't feel defensive. But um, I do have to add uh, to what you were saying too is um, Kelly Levesque posted this recently and I'm like so in tune with this because this is like, this is huge. There's a moment right before you make a decision when you know if you're in alignment with your highest potential or compromising your growth for immediate satisfaction. Being present in that moment will change your life. So it's not so much making the right choice always. It's more so about are you aware that you're empowered enough to make a different choice? And if you're aware of that and you still make the choice that you know is making you suffer, you can probably live with the fact that you're the one that chose that and process that part of it versus feel empowered and know you can make the choice and then make the right choice for yourself. But knowing that you have that ability versus not knowing you have that ability and being a victim to circumstance, that's like a huge perspective shift. Yeah, I mean, I I felt a little kind of way <laughs> when oh. you said making the right choice because, well. What is the right choice? Right, I think it's just about making the best choice for you, right? Because anyways, we don't need to talk about how that triggered me, but I think that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Well, I think because... How I, did that trigger you? Perfect moment. Let's do it. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. Bada bing. Boom. Um, boom, boom. It triggered me because I always tell my kids to make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized... Back to the trigger. But you know, I also... what came up in my mind was we were driving home yesterday when I picked my uh, picked up my kids and I don't even know what we were talking about but one of my daughters was like uh oh oh we're talking about being perfect and I said look there's no there's no being perfect and my daughter was like yeah perfection doesn't exist mom and I'm like yeah that's what I'm trying to teach you about life right (laughs) but and it made me think about when I do say make good choices it's more so about like make the best choice you can with what you have right and I think (laughs) that's uh, less that's a whole segue when they're running out the door but (laughs) I'm sure they understand your intention you're very intentional yeah, I mean, maybe you could even sit down with them and have that conversation. Like, hey, I just want you guys to know that when I say this, this is specifically what I mean. Yeah, make aligned choices. <laughs> make Ooh. the make the best choice that you can with what you've got today, honey. Come on, okay. let's go. <laughs> yeah, I like that for us for Me our too. whole giant family unit. <laughs> our whole giant family. They make unit. good choices. They make better choices, I think, when you're not in the room. <laughs> Well, yeah, because they don't feel pressured to perform. Oh, baby girls. They're the best. The best. Well, to kind of bring this full circle, we're super excited for just the opportunity to start having these types of conversations, again, in an unfiltered, unedited way. So what you see is what you get. And uh, I think that more topics such as value-for-value relationships in your life, such as meeting people in a way that you never know what could evolve from it, such as worthiness, such as communicating clearly, such as et cetera, et cetera, are general topics that we plan to cover um, as we continue to evolve this. Hopefully we can find a name soon. I'll think about it. I have to process this. (laughs) Jules always says that to me. I'm like, what's up with that? She's like, well, I'm processing. And that's, probably my biggest learning in the work because I used to be so impulsive and wanting to make a decision right now and react right now to this emotion situation work life anything so slowing down and actually processing you know especially in 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 situations where I'm trying to give feedback um is really important so that's my 
that's my closure here. Well, we also just talked about that on mentorship of like, sometimes we'll avoid responding to a text when someone's trying to schedule something because like we're busy or we can't even get to it versus saying like, hey, I'll get back to this. But instead we'll avoid and we don't want to feel the shame of like responding with an unintentional response, right? But then other text messages that are easy to knock out will respond right away. <laughs> it's like when you text someone and they don't text you back, but then they like like your shit on Instagram. <laughs> Like, really, bro? Oh, biggest trigger ever. Triggers. Again. But you know why it's a trigger? Why? Because I know when I do it, it's because of that. <laughs> Should have responded. Yep. Or not. I'll just do what's right for me in the moment. You know, that's the only thing I can do. Then there's that. Right. I had a client that was a very interesting one. She was an interesting one. But she did add a lot of value to my life, specifically this. She always was just like, listen, if I'm not in a space to have a conversation with someone, I'm not answering the phone. If I'm not in the mindset space to text them back and and show up fully, like I'm just not going to do it in that moment because whatever version of me is showing up in that moment is what that person's going to get. And they might not deserve that version of me when that version of me is still working out where they're at. So – um, that was valuable and I liked that. So ding. I use that for sure. Yeah. I believe in that. Hands down. I think I have like eighty four texts right now. Oh. Just this morning was a little hectic with, you know, my dad like randomly showed up. He's like, What's up? I'm in town. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and then he wants to talk about um bank loans and uh taxes and how things convert and how you make money on your money on this and I'm like dad I'm so busy this morning like I have things going on not busy my morning's full and I'm fitting you in but anyway um so I didn't get to any of my earlier messages and I don't feel stressed about it at all I love that for you thanks I feel good I feel real good this is fun <laughs> yeah I was wish it I could fun carry for you? This, that, was, that was a little I, I sarcastic. Are you I okay? I want to carry this microphone with me everywhere I go. Toody-too. I got announcements to make. <laughs> this is going to be a great adventure. Here, here. Listen to the work. The work, the work. I got something to say. All right. Well, our sweet friends, thank you so much for blah, tuning in, showing up, being present, and uh, can't wait to be with you soon. Jules, you got anything to add? Only love is real. Mm, so real. We'll leave it with that. We'll leave it with that. Okay. Thank you all. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>